Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Banquet Hall Podcast. As always, my name is Kyler Nathan. I am your host today. I'm joined by a really dope creative, a really dope person. I'm really excited to bring to y'all today. Uh, Monet, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm flowing. Ebbing and flowing. That's been my thing lately. (laughs) Ebbing and flowing. I love it. Uh, new listeners, make sure y'all follow the podcast at Banquet Hall Pod on all socials. And for those of y'all watching on video, I do have the first iteration of the Banquet Hall t-shirt. We got the long sleeves, the sweatshirts, we got a crop top. Uh, so go ahead, head over to thefourthkyler.com, cop y'all a tea today. But really excited for this conversation. Uh, Monet is another member of the Black Expression team, so very, very excited to help tell their story. Uh, So I want to get started, as usual, with the icebreaker question, and I'm actually going to borrow one that I did from a prior episode with Little Blue, actually. And so, Monet, I didn't prepare you for this question, so very excited to see what your answer is. What is your aura? What color is your aura today? Ooh. Um, well, the first, like, colors that came into my head was, like, a lime green, like, a yellow lime green, and then it fades into, like, a dark green. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my aura today. Lime green. You said a lime green that's yellow and it fades into a what? Like, it's, like, starts as, like, a yellow, and then it fades into, like, a, like, I would say, like, a lime green, and then it goes into, like, just, like, a green. Okay. Are either of those your favorite colors by chance? No. What is your favorite color? Uh, Lavender. Lavender? Okay. Well, I definitely, definitely mess with the aura. I'm trying to think what what vibes mine is giving today. I feel like like there's black and gold in it, but like kind of like just interacting with each other. Like, I don't know what the force is that's making it interact, but I'm feeling black and gold today. Maybe it's because of the shirt I got on, but I don't know. Black and gold was what, what came up first. Um, so yeah, don't know what any of that means, but I always think it's cool just to see what people feel like their aura is. Uh, Little Blue, she said that her aura is almost always yellow. And it's funny that she say the lime green with the yellow too, because I have your website pulled up on the side over here and the picture on your about section is hella green with some yellow. So yeah. I think that's, that's just part of who you are. <laughs> I mean, I don't, when I like those colors, I think of like heart chakra. Um, I think of money. I think of yellow makes me think of like confidence and like joy. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I, all those things I can connect to. Hey, we are all here for the joy and definitely the money too. Like if there's anything we're going to manifest out of this podcast, we need some more money for the both of us. Uh, we all got to eat. <laughs> uh, but Monet, the first formal question I usually get started with the podcast with, let our listeners know where are you from and how did that shape who you have become and are in the process of becoming? Yeah, um, so I am from right here, San Diego, California, raised. Um, and, you know, I feel like that is such a great question is, is in regards to like, how is it shaped who I am? Because I think oftentimes you don't really take the time and think, well, well, how has being from this region affected me and how has the culture affected me? But I think um, being from San Diego, I think it has pros and cons. And as far as like it can be its own bubble in a sense that um, it's very leisure. So um, I find myself like enjoying, not necessarily enjoying leisure activities, but it's like, you know, it's around. Like I want to do it. So and also by the beach. So I have this. um 
like I have this flowful energy about me, but um, at the same time, I feel like I'm from Southeast San Diego, which is a whole different world than that tourist side at the same time. So uh, I also have that like gritty, like, Hey, like if we got nothing, we're going to make, we're going to make something out of nothing at the same time. Like we can't get to the beach. Okay. What are we doing right here? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> So um, I, I kind of have, feel like I exude both of those energies and that's how San Diego has molded me. Um, and I've, so for a period of time, I was in the Bay Area for like four years. So that has molded me as well. But in regards to the latter question, which was, um, how is it, what was it? How was it going to, how is it like shifting me? Who you in the process of becoming, yeah. Yeah, so being back um, and returning and now being a mother, um, I think it's allowed me to recognize like, you know, this is a, this is a, this place has molded me and it is, I deem it home, but it all is a sliver of the world. Um, so it's kind of made me more curious. Like, although I mm. love San Diego has to offer, it's made me more curious to see California actually, because I've only known really California, like that's the state I'm most familiar with. So it's like, even though I love what this day has offered, whether it comes down to weather or um, the fact that we get all, we get the mountain, you go to the mountains or you can go to the desert or you can go to the ocean, you know, um, it still made me be like curious, like, okay, well, what what else is there aside from city life? What is rural life like? Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, being here has made me more curious to other aspects of the world as well. So. What part of the Bay Area were you in for those few years? San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay, dope. Uh, yeah. I think I think one of the inspirations for this podcast really are a lot of the people I got to know from San Diego because I think I came to San Diego for undergrad and then ended up moving here once I started working full time. And I think when I first got here, like all I knew about San Diego were the stereotypes like, oh, it's beaches, it's palm trees, uh, there's tacos, and a bunch of white people. But once I really got to know, like, where are the more cultured parts of San Diego? Where are the people that look like me from? Then I got to know, like, oh, there are real people in San Diego. And I think that that's the more interesting part of San Diego. Like, yeah, the beaches is nice. The palm trees is nice. But the creatives, the people that are doing the work in San Diego, I love hearing y'all's stories because that's not what you see on the news. At least that's historically what you haven't seen as much. And I think even when we have this notion of what the southeast san diego is like people think that just because you're from the southeast doesn't mean that you aren't also expanding into these other realms of reality too so i really like how you contextualize all that ebbing and flowing into who you are as a person and i definitely think that that four years in san francisco i think you give some san francisco energy too as an artist so i rock with that yeah definitely um have been influenced and like inspired by the bay area i like sometimes i'm like like I'd be wanting to rep it, but I'm like I'm not from there, so I don't feel like it's gonna be like Bay Area, Bay Area, like like that's not. I gotta stick to where I'm at. But also to add to that, to add to um like the stereotypical aspect is crazy because I have more of like a flip side story. So like I know San Diego as like Southeast San Diego, mm. predominantly black, black and brown. Barrio Logan, Sherman Heights, National City, Paradise Hills, like that's the San Diego I know um, that I'm more familiar with. And so, of course, I would visit places that are like um, La Jolla, you know, uh, across the eight, across the eight to more north areas. Um, But it was one summer I was working at Trader Joe's 
And I've only known Southeast San Diego. So, I mean, I've known more, but I was working at Trader Joe's. And that's when I realized, I was like, damn, like, San Diego is, is there's a lot of white people here. And there's a lot of people <laughs> there here. And that's when I was, like, more like, oh, like, this is, this is uh, the predominant, like, what people would know of San Diego who don't live here. You know what I mean? Or who just are getting surface level or just in a different reality than what I, what I was in. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you get into that Trader Joe's environment, I'm sure you saw like all types of San Diegans. (laughs) So let's go into who you are as a creative, as an artist. And I'm really excited to hear how you define yourself as an artist and creator, because as I was doing my research for this episode and I went on your website, uh, you have on here that you are a multidimensional creative being committed to expressing emotions and thought forms in the format of music, photography, muse work, modeling, graphic design, and collage. And I was like, wow, like that says so much more than just saying that you're an artist or that you're a creative. So obviously that's how you define yourself on the website, but what would you add to that in terms of who you are as a creative and as a multidimensional creative being? Um, I think one thing that I would add to that um, is also uh, being a storyteller and also uh, being a documenter of life, um, whether that be documenting other people around me, um, like a family portrait and and giving them a print so that that portrait is last um, or even uh, doc- like even taking the time to uh, tell a story, whether it be like my story or a brand or an organization. Um, and at the same time, all of that derives from the intention to bring about insight, whether that be insight to like our society and the harsh realities it comes with in uh, on the spectrum of like the legionists that we mentioned so forth, the previous. Um, and so those are the things that I would add to that. And when would you, and obviously there's a lot of different dimensions to who you are as an artist and as a creative, when would you pinpoint your start on this creative journey? If you have like a specific start point or where you started to be more invested in creativity? Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, my parents put me in a creative arts school, like elementary school. So from the get-go, like from being like in a young child, I was exposed to things that let that side of the brain, that creative side, whether it be through dance, through theater. Um, so honestly, I would say that that would be like the initial point because it made, it was that spark in me that made me be like, oh, I like, I like these things. I like to do things that allow me to um, say how I say what's going on inside of me without necessarily saying it directly um, or saying it directly um, in a bold way, in a colorful, vibrant way. Um, so I would say that that would be the pinpoint. But I guess um, as an elder, per- as an older person and, and, you know, getting to realize, you know, society, do you really want to be an artist in this society? <laughs> um, <laughs> that that began, I would say more so in, I want to say high school in high school and college because I was doing graphic design. I went to school for that. And so I was like, oh, like this is actually something tangible. This is something that I can do for people who need it. Like it is a need. It's not something that um, it can provide me sustenance and <laughs> income and also provide me that that realm of expression and like freedom to do what I'm going to do. So, 
Absolutely. And you mentioned going to college for graphic design. Was that in San Francisco or where did you go to college at? So I actually went to high school for graphic design. I went to Kearney High School, School of Digital Media Design. Shout out to my DMD kids if you are listening. <laughs> um, and that's where I got exposed to photography. Um, not only graphic design, but photography as well. Um, and just other forms of art that I really still enjoy and do today. So I'm really glad that 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 I chose to go to that school. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and get started with graphic design, just because I feel like graphic design is something that I'm very passionate about. I'm very interested in. I just love going and creating something, whether it's starting with a blank canvas or taking something and making these edits and changes to it. Uh, how would you define your graphic design style? Like when somebody presents you with a blank canvas and they have an idea for you, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish with graphic design? Right. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, well, I mean, the main goal of graphic design to me, it is a form of visual communication. So my main goal is making sure the message I'm trying to convey, whether that's someone's name on a logo and their, um, the energy they want to embody, whether that's very clear um, or getting down to like, I'm creating a collage and it, and it wants to hold a certain message, assuring that that through the abstractness, through whether it's like vibrance, that digital collage still carries that message very clearly. So that would be probably my first more importance is like communication through that visual and through graphic design. Um, and then second, I would probably have to say like vibrancy. Um, I'm very big on like color, very big on abstraction, but also at the same time, that being said, um, I'm very big on making sure I bring my client's vision to life if I am mm. working with a client. So if the client doesn't want abstraction and they want something that's a little more warm or cool or subtle, I'll make sure that I provide it. Um, but also still have my own flair. Like I'm going to still spice it up with the Monet Nairi design. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to make sure you spice it up with your own creative touch. Uh, what about some pet peeves of graphic design? I think especially in this age where we have a bunch of AI created things and people are just trying to produce, produce, produce quickly, quickly, quickly. I think sometimes people lose some of the some of the fine tuning that someone who's more trained and educated in graphic design might have. So what are some things when you're looking on social media or looking at flyers that are some of your pet peeves when it comes to graphic design? Um. I mean, it is, it can be tedious, like, especially if depending on the type of work that you're doing. Um, but also, I would say that it's all, it's a growing field because technology is growing as well. So there's always more things to learn. And there's always more like things that are changing. Like I know Adobe just dropped Adobe beta, which involves mm -hmm. AI do like new stuff on photoshop and lightroom and and so it's like maintaining that and keeping up with that um and then also um so i, I would say like i wouldn't say that that's not that's not as much of a pet peeve as it's just like making sure you're being consistent it could be a pet peeve you know it could be like frustrating <laughs> a bunch of things going on and you're just like well i gotta learn i gotta keep going but that's life so yeah, that is life. We are constantly in this stage of growing and learning and uh, capitalism is yet to slow up on us. So we just have to keep yeah. keep ahead of the times. And we were, 
you and I had mentioned this. We had a meeting with Black Expression team last night, uh, the night before recording this, and we we're talking about like that fatigue that comes with like having to post or feeling the need to post something for content and getting your messaging out there. So definitely, definitely feel you on that tedious nature of it all. Yeah, and I think to speak on capitalism, like, because that's really the root. I feel like that's the root of the pet peeve. Because ultimately, like, if I could just do graphic design and all of my artwork, like not not that I do artwork for money but it is a big part of like my means of living and survival and my family being sustained but if I could do it without all of it without money and just do it because I enjoy it and explore it and have that time to like be like how can I take graphic design and like invest my life to it to improve the world like you know in a in a way that's like big like reinventing things like that or <laughs> like all the <laughs> Like, can we just invest in? And I guess maybe I am, but, you know, there's capitalism, which is like, oh, let me do this commission. And, of course, I'm not going to do any commissions that compromise, like, myself, but right. gotta, sometimes I got to pick something up that's, like, small or not as um, impactful as I would like to be in the sense of my services. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the way, reasons why I like having this podcast, inviting people on who are creatives, because I think when you hear creatives talk about their why and what their why might be versus what capitalism requires them to do, I think that's like a dichotomy where uh, we would love to just be creating and creating and not having to not having to charge people a lot for this. But at the same time, we got bills to pay. We got things that we have to do and we have a lifestyle we want to live. And I think that the more that we're able to share our story, and I think storytelling is going to be a big part of this podcast, uh, but the more that we're able to share our story, the more people understand what that investment is. If I'm going onto your website and I see something costs X amount, that's not you saying that like you have, you're trying to like get people for all their money, but this is the value of the work you're putting in into your craft, the time that you've taken to become uh, not perfect at your craft because it's an ongoing process, but the time you've taken to develop that skill as well. And I think that the more that we share our story as artists, the more that people feel good about the investment that they're putting into our art as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also taking the title of artist seriously in a sense like, oh, this person does this for a living. This is what puts food on their table. Um, so I should take this service they're providing serious, you know. Uh, and I feel Absolutely. like I feel like that is shifting, and that narrative is happening. Um, you know, I think that there's other are other like teachers deserve more money to just as much too more income too. You know, so hey, yeah, going back to capitalism and colonialism. <laughs> hey, absolutely, that's definitely at the root of a lot of this. Uh, as we were talking about graphic design, you mentioned collages within that, and I wanted to give space to talk about collages as a form of art, because uh, as I was looking at your website, I was looking through some of the collages that you have for sale and not for sale on there, and I absolutely love, like, this My Grandmother Was Born in Brooklyn piece, and I think that there's just so many stories, obviously with any art that you're looking at, there's so many stories that you can get from a first-hand perspective, but also hearing the story that an artist has Behind some of their art is really powerful. Uh, what draws you to collages as a form of art? Yes, um, so I do collaging digitally and I do it with my hands. I mean, both of them are with my hands, but I do one digitally, paper and glue and scissors. Um, and 
So I feel drawn to collage and I feel like it's because of the way that my mind works or at least like, um, so to me, when I collage, it is similar to doing a puzzle. However, this puzzle is a puzzle that I'm literally creating as I go. And then mm. we get to the final piece when I finish the puzzle. Like I'm literally putting the pieces, I'm creating the pieces and also putting the puzzle together. Like, so it's just a whole engaging activity and experience for me um and uh, and oftentimes um being able to do this with my fingers and connect it with my brain and my heart it just all kind of flows I like get into a flow like it's like my flow a flow space um and so that kind of is what draws me to collaging it's like I'm able to um express and create and it doesn't have to be from beginning to end necessarily in the sense where it's linear. It could be like, okay, mm. let me hear what it, let me add this. I don't know where this is about to be. We're going to put this to the side and use it because it could be here or it could not. You know what I mean? So it's all very fluid and flexible. Um, and again, going back to how, how I've been inspired by here, by being in California, there I, I like, I carry that fluid and flexible energy. Um and that's something that I'm coming to realize in many facets of my life, whether it be like as an artist, as someone a part of a team with Black Expression, as a mother. Um, and so I'm trying to trying to make space to recognize how can this fluidity uh, be have structure too. <laughs> mm. In my collaging, it's crazy because as much as there's fluidity, it all comes, it all creates a structure. It all creates one a wholeness to it so it kind of comes I love, the way, <laughs> I love the way you describe that because I I don't know how intently I've ever thought about collages like I think I've only done collages as part of like a project for a school or that it was like part of a team building exercise but even just hearing you describe the idea of a team as a collage and I'm thinking through like when you're making a collage what parts of a certain image are hidden what parts of it are contributing to the full picture uh, what's in front of something what's behind something what's a part of something else so yeah right. you got my you got my brain wired I want to write a poem about collages like, now so, my brain like and it's just the more you even say that I feel like my brain like operates like this where it's like okay everything is kind of everywhere but at the same time there is a strategy to this shit like there's a method to the math like like there are pieces that are gonna have to go behind other pieces so it's like are you gonna lay it down and glue it are you gonna wait are you gonna leave this little piece live or not glued and stick it like I don't know I just all that I think is like a release for me or like a oh I can you know because I can't think like that all the time I can't operate and function like that it doesn't it doesn't work in this society I have to be like attentive and all my P's and Q's so when I could collage like that or um even just have an organic conversation in a, in a team with a team like that the different things we talked about I feel like all right I'm, I'm in my flow yeah see you got my brain all wired i'm thinking about how food is even like a collage like if you put it together a meal like yeah. that's a collage of different ingredients wow hey this is why i like podcasting too because sometimes i'm like i'm doing the podcast host thing but i'm also like part listener too so I, as i'm listening to you i'm like huh like if i was listening to this podcast episode that would be the moment i'm like huh, i want to go want to go make a collage now <laughs> <laughs> i love that i hope someone goes to make a collage right now <laughs> <laughs> so go listeners go ahead press pause uh find some magazines or go on google images uh and get a collage going like why not like we have a little bank of hall collage going i like it 
Yeah, and can I want to put y'all on to like listeners if you want to just collage for fun. The app that I use is called Bizart. You can get it on like I use, I have an iPhone, but it's B A Z A A R T. It's called Bizart, and you can also collage on like Canva too and stuff. You can probably even collage on like photos because you could copy photos and just do your thing. So just putting y'all on, get creative. <laughs> Yeah, get creative, man. If y'all decide to make a collage because of this episode, definitely go on IG, uh, share it, tag the banquet hall, tag Monet, and we're going to get into Monet's various Instagrams a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but we'd love to see what our listeners come up with. So that's the banquet hall challenge of the episode. want to see them collages. And I think that's one of the beauties of collages. It's just like, you, like you said, there's a strategy behind it. So regardless of if we understand the full picture just by looking at it as people like start putting together there's so much thought and intention behind those different decisions so yeah that's gonna be my goal for 2024 is to make more collages yeah and then even just going about your life like how can we take this analogy and bring it here <laughs> <laughs> i feel like next time i host black expression is gonna be a lot of collage talk so thank you for that yeah Let's go ahead and get into Monet Nairi, the photographer. So obviously, a lot of folks that go to Black Expression, they've seen you uh, bouncing around with a child, but also with the camera throughout the event space. Uh, what drew you to photography in general? Like when you first picked up that camera, when you first got comfortable with the camera, what is your origin story with photography? Yes, um, my origin story. That's a great question. So, um, like any story, there's like various chapters that lead to now. So I guess I'll start with like, again, going back to high school. And that's when I first was able to like, really like touch a camera, explore with the camera. Um, it started off as like, let me take pictures. Let me like do fun concepts with myself, like holding flowers. And then it would be, and then, um, getting into college is when I was like, I like, I'm on my phone, always taking pictures. And then one of my one of my coworkers had a camera she was trying to get rid of for like a hundred bucks. It was just like this Canon power shot. I have it right here, actually. This bad boy. This is a DSLR, like nothing special. Um, and I bought it off her, and that's when I started taking pictures of of my environment, of like uh, events, like my mama's birthday, things like that, um, and sharing my work and just like just to share it, just because I enjoyed it. Um, and then people started to see that I was like doing a little bit of muse work behind, behind the camera, but also taking photos as well. Um, and so with that being said, I folks reached out like, hey, can we do a photo shoot? Like, can we just do creative stuff just because? Um, and so I that's kind of how I started to build my portfolio of like portraits with people was just getting creative and having fun. Um, and then it became more of like, a, oh, I offer these I offer these services if you need portraits um, as a means just to get income, but also like because I enjoyed it. Um, and so now I'm doing that freelance photography as well, but also curating events that allow photography to be more accessible to like families, creators, entrepreneurs just community in general who need like professional headshots um and so that is the story behind photography definitely more of a picked up a camera and just started going 
And as you were talking about who you are as an artist, you mentioned like capturing moments. And I know a lot of the process of photography, you are capturing a moment. And I want to kind of go behind the lens, pun intended, with you for a second and thinking through like when you're having a photo shoot with somebody, that engagement that we don't see before and after the photo, because whether it's getting the right shot, uh, getting them to express a certain emotion, getting the lighting, like what do you what do you like and what do you enjoy about that engagement as you're taking these pictures with these individuals? Um, I think I enjoy like building a connection with my clients in a sense that, um, you know, talking to them and understanding like how do they want to embody themselves and what they're trying to honor, whether that be celebration, whether that be, um, you know, honoring family, whether that be just wanting to have a professional photos of themselves. Um, so I like to connect in that sense, again, bringing the client's vision to life, but also at the same time, um, I like to bring out the authenticity of my client, like whether that be like, hey, let's take some time to take a deep breath or hey, like, how you doing? Like, let's let's not get into it right away. Let's just have a, let's just flow, like move into it gracefully um, so that there's more of a naturalness to my sessions. Um, and I think I really enjoy that. And I think I do it really well. Um, I like making people feel comfortable, but I also like to challenge people. And I feel like being behind a camera, being in front of a camera is challenging. Um, but it's really cool to see someone go from being challenged to like getting comfortable and then like being like, damn, do you do this regularly? So that's really fun. That's something that I enjoy. Um, and it's really cool to see my see my clients see themselves in that light as well, especially when mm. they go, hey, look at this. And they're like, what? And I'm like, that was all you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's so much power and I use power in like a great sense, but there's so much power being a photographer, I think, because I think especially as someone who recognizes and honors the energy that people have and the space that they carry themselves in and just being able to check in with somebody to say like, how are you doing? Or I noticed that like, you look a little tense here, like just what that can do for a photo. Cause I know the first time I really started to engage with photographers who are more human centered and they would ask me questions it's like, Oh, like when's the last time you stretched? I'm like, dang, like I, I ain't stretching a minute. And all of a sudden I feel looser for the photo. So I just, I just love human centeredness when it comes to creatives and artists, because it, it just matters so much for the end product. Yeah. And I'm very thankful to be able to have experience, um, like professional experience in front of a camera myself as a model muse, um, because that I have like, I know how it feels to have that uncomfort. And I know, um, and I know that sometimes the best photos are the most, you feel the most awkward, but you look the most fly or um, <laughs> you think that you're just being you is like not it and it's the best photos. You know what I mean? So I'm just thankful to have that light and be able to like guide and support clients in that sense, whether it be posing or just motivating and hyping up mm. people. So listeners, if y'all, if y'all tapped in with this, Everybody needs a headshot at some point. Uh, I know I have a lot of listeners who are currently in college. Grad photo season is coming up. Uh, so want to pause real quick to give you, because I talked about a lot that you do, so want to get, do a quick shameless plug corner. Where can people tap in with you, whether they want graphic design needs, whether they want a photo shoot? How can they tap in with you? Yes, yeah, so my base, my home base is Monet Nairie. You can find me on Instagram. So it's at M-O-N-E-T-N-Y-R-E-E. -E. 
If you want to find my photography page, it's monetnairi.photo. If you want to find my graphic design page, it's monetnairi.design. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- those are my those are my Instagrams. Um, on there, on those pages, you can click on the link in my bio and find more about me. There's a lot to explore. I'll let y'all have a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get a little more. Um, but yeah, that's me plugging myself. Absolutely. And I appreciate the consistency and branding over it too, because it's so easy. Like just monetnairi.photo.design. I just, I love good design. I love uh, simplistic design. I love things that are consistent with branding. So that is one thing I've very much appreciated because as I was doing a steep dive, I was like, oh, monetnairi.photo, monetnairi.design, monetnairi.com. Love it. Just chef's kiss. So kudos to you for that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've been, I was like, I, it until I have like a time where I'm like, all right, it's time to bust out my alter ego. Um, it's monetnairi. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that for sure. Uh, one more thing that I want to make sure that we had time to discuss are your honor, your capacity journals. I think I have, pretty sure I have mine in my backpack right here. Uh, so just so the listeners can see, go ahead. Oh, I said, hey now. There we go. Have it right here yeah. uh, with the logo on the back. Talk to us a little bit about what went into wanting to create these capacity journals. Yeah, so that journal originally started off as just the cover of it. It was a print Um, and it started off as honor your capacity. I think I came across the quote and I was like, wow, I really like connect with that deeply in a sense like I can do better at setting my boundaries, whether it's with myself um, and like knowing how to manage my time or whether it's like connecting with people and like being like, hey, that's not like no or hey, that's not in my capacity right now. Um, And I just thought it was like a really graceful way to establish boundaries and also um, promote like awareness of one's of one's capacity and one's energy and what they can give and what they can take on. Um, And so that. I was like, I want to boost this message. I want to enhance it. I want people to be able to connect with it because I would like mention it and I would bring it up in the conversations and it would definitely click with folks. So I was like, all right, let's let's continue to build with this um, because it brings a it brings a good message. And so that led to the journals being created. Um, and the journals, you know, I'm big on our words holding power and I'm learning that I'm learning that every day more and more like it becomes more true and more like uh, I step into it more every day um and so I wanted to create a journal where folks can like interact with it or even just like read something and take it with them for the day and that's where I created a journal I like to write I like to write like poetry and just like task lists and flow of consciousness um and so that is how the journals came about and I was really thankful that someone in the community was able to teach me how to um, create the journal, like mm. through like on and posted and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, so now the journal's here and I'm just like, wow, what's, what's next? I, I have my t-shirts too. Um, I have a black one and a white one and those are great. And so I'm hoping that I can just keep, keep making more things and make like pack bundle packages and, different little trinkets to remind folks like, hey, honor yourself, honor your capacity. 
say that because even just thumbing through it as I was showing it to the camera I came across a few affirmations in here I'm like yeah like I needed to I needed to read that today like the page that I opened to and I just accidentally opened to it again I have already succeeded like I think that's something that we all deserve to be able to internalize for ourselves a lot more often that part yeah definitely um it's important to speak life into yourself and those around you and so I think that the journal is an ode to that Absolutely. And so uh, folks who attend Black Expression, uh, Monet and GJ are usually set up with the journals, the shirts. So definitely tap in when y'all catch us on those Friday nights. I wanted to expand a little bit to talk more about Black Expression, though, because you've had an opportunity to be a part of the behind the scenes of Black Expression, to be a part of the team. Uh, what have you gained from being part of a team of creatives and being part of the Black Expression team, the art space in San Diego? What has that done for you so far? Um. Well, as someone who like left home for a while and like came back and then, you know, has kind of been here, not necessarily trying to reestablish myself, but more so trying to find a community who is like like-minded and trying to build um and and be impactful whether that be with other with throughout san diego or um, amongst ourselves as individuals like when it comes to like accountability and things um and so it brings me it definitely brings me that sense of like i'm i feel a part of a community uh, i feel like i'm contributing to something that's beyond myself and also mm. um, allowing something to grow and expand uh, and and like contributing to the innovations that bring that about. And so that's been something that is very important to me. And I'm thankful that it not only provides this space of like creativity, but also this sense of like business um, and, you know, management and like team building. And because all those things are like necessary for like life skills. Um, and so I think it's always important to exercise those and like get involved in something like that. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And one more thing that you've mentioned in a couple of different facets as we've been having our conversation, uh, you're also a mother. And I wanted to make sure, I think you're probably like the fifth or sixth mom to be on the podcast. And I always like asking this question, what has being a mother taught you about yourself? Mamas unite and papas. <laughs> <laughs> um, being a mother being a mother has taught me a lot um because it has required a lot of like quick adapting so it's allowed me to see like how quick are you able to adapt and how effective is your means of adaptation um and it's made me recognize things that i can improve on um and also things that i'm really good at um and i think uh it's also shown me how much grace and compassion that I have for myself mm. um, because times can be challenging, whether it be with uh, being a mother or, um, you know, as a unit, it can be challenging. And it's like, how do I, how do I manage those times? And it's shown me how, how I've been able to move through those, those moments. Um, and so I'm really thankful. It's kind of like been like a mirror, you know, um, whether it be like, my partner holding me accountable or whether it be me being like, Oh, like trial and error with Zula. Like, this is not something she is liking. Let's try this or let's do something different. And you know what I mean? And so 
when babies grow, they get into a schedule and then they they shift <laughs> as soon as you get into the flow. So, <laughs> but honestly, I've been really um, honored and humbled and just thankful that um, it's all happened that I chose to be a mama. I, you know, so and that I Dula chose chose me to be her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so going into the tail end of the podcast, uh, who are some people who inspire you and or influence you? Yeah, this is, um, like, this is like always been a question that has not necessarily challenged me, but has definitely something I always like ponder and think about because I think that immediately, like the people who are immediately around us inspire and influence us. Um, so I mean, I want to say the first person would be my partner because they're the person that I'm always with or I'm always around them. Um, and so they definitely challenge me in the best way and inspire me to be better, be a better version of myself daily um, and then better top that version of myself. <laughs> and so that is something um, I'm appreciative of. And honestly, every time I see somebody who I know, like from San Diego, who is also a creative just doing it like organically, authentically, getting it out the mud. That's really inspiring to me because I'm like, hey, we are like eye to eye. Like you, we're on the same, like, like I feel it. And I want, I'm like, let's, we're all just trying to elevate and do what we love. Um, So that's always inspiring. Um, whether they're, let me say, because it could be whether they're in San Diego or the Bay Area, because I got some folks in the Bay Area who are doing dope things. And I'm always like, hey, that's, keep it up. <laughs> um. So that would be two. And then um, lastly, lastly, I guess I would have to say, like, I'm inspired by, like, knowing that there are people who were here before me, like, I guess my lineage. Um, and it's like, how can I contribute to enhancing my lineage? Um, now that I have a child, it's like I have a descendant now. So it's like, how can I enhance her life? Um, I don't, I know that that's not a person, but I guess I'm personifying the spirit of like longevity. Um, mm. so if that could be something that is like, <laughs> I know it's not a person, but, but I'm personifying it <laughs> this time. Um, but that's something that definitely going well. Hey, and it's funny because I, I have written here like people who inspire and influence you, but really I just am interested in whatever your inspirations and influences are. Uh, so maybe I think just subconsciously, I also personify whatever influences me or inspires me because if I were to answer this question, I would think like the ocean inspires me. Like there's just so much that's less tangible or uh, things that aren't necessarily human that are just so inspirational just in how they interact with the universe, the collage of the universe. That part, right. <laughs> uh, so for this next question, I like to call it the fourth place segment. And just some history behind the fourth place. So uh, there's this notion that we as humans, and especially in these times, we're lacking a third place. And the third place is historically has been a place between your home and your place of work or schooling. So a coffee shop could be your third place or a park could be your third place, just somewhere you go in between those two. And so for the fourth place, I'm curious, where is your Zen place or the place, scenario, circumstances? What environment do you feel the most peace of mind in? Yes. Um, so, um, you know, we're not always going to be able to, like, I want to be in a space where I can find peace anywhere. 
um, whether I be like in chaos or in the midst of like hard challenges, I still want to be able to find peace. Um, and so I want to first say like, well, I guess it starts within, but also um, outside, like literally in nature. Um, I feel like yeah. that's the place to go where it's like, all right, I need to cool off or I need to just like think, let me go outside. Um, and then on top of that, it's like outside, but in solitude as well, like by mm -hmm. myself. So like solitude oh. plays part of that, of all of it. Um, so I would say like within solitude. <laughs> um, and I think for me lately, I've been finding that those moments um, in the middle of the night, like, so we do shifts for Zula. So I have the late night shifts, like the graveyard shifts, where it's like I'm up with her. If she gets up at like between 1 a.m. till the morning, like I, it's me, which I'm totally like, so I've been adapting very well to that because I'm like, oh, this is like my me time. Because like Papa's sleeping, Zula's sleeping, I'm up pumping or I'm up like up doing whatever for the baby let me do other stuff that for myself so I could be ready for the next day um and so that's been really sweet but also like just those moments in general like if I'm in the midst of a whole crowd and too many people when they're like let me take a breath let me find that mm. solid if I'm around a bunch of people too so yeah there's just something so powerful about being able to take that internal pause for yourself when you're in a crowd of people. Like I definitely resonate with that because there's times that there's too much simulation or if I just need a moment and there's chaos around me, I'm like, all right, let me just like breathe for a second. Let me focus on this one breath. This is something I can control. Take this moment for myself and then resume, get back to wherever we're going. So I definitely, definitely resonate with that. And as you were just finding your Zen place, it made me want to start asking this question Two people, because a lot of my listeners are into astrology. So I think it's, I owe some of those listeners to ask if you know your big three, but what is your, at least your sun sign, if you know it, as well as what are your big three, if you know your big three? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's crazy. Well, you know, everybody, after they say the zodiac, they're like, I, I knew you were that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my son, my moon is in Gemini and my rising, my rising is either in Aries or Pisces. I mean, I feel like I carry both energies. So I just, I don't really, I don't really, I'm not big on it. So I'm just like, it's between those. It sounds like I'm big on it though. I gave you all three. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just fun to discuss because you're right. Somebody's listening to us. They're like, Oh, I knew she was a so-and-so like, <laughs> it's just it's without fail like I know Kobu sometimes he'll just say like he's some random sign just so somebody can say like oh I knew it and like oh I was lying uh, but... or like are you a this and then like they're like are you a Libra and I'm like yes I am <laughs> what <laughs> uh, I love it uh, outside of what we have discussed, what else do people need to know about you to get a complete picture of who you are? Whether it's things you like to do for fun, things you hate, guilty pleasures. What are what are some kind of tidbits to get to know more of a complete picture of who you are? Um, wow, the complete picture. As um, complete as you want to give on a podcast, yeah. of course. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you know we can never really give our give a complete picture, but I mean. I'm not perfect. My life is not how I want it to be right now. Um, however, I am maintaining and moving through as best as I can. 
Um, I've made the sacrifice to ditch nine to five unless I really need to and commit to entrepreneurship because I want to be sober and I want to be able to do stuff for myself and build a community who is self-sustainable without uh, all this shit and the structures and these systems that are like failing us daily. Um, I'm big on family. I'm in this, like as a mom now, uh, a lot of things I've had to remove and get rid of and not I mean, already kind of like leaving those things behind, but now it's really like, all right, I, I gotta, this is not something that is going to help me or my family progress. So I'm really big on family um, and progression of family and like establishing family unit, but also uh, establishing community of families as well. Um, and I'm goofy and I'm, and, but also at the same time, um, I, I'm serious about like supporting people um, and supporting myself and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I feel like I went on a little tangent, but those are <laughs> oh, no. like, fine. So, hey, this is the space for tangents, and it was a good segue actually uh, to talk about where people can find you and how they can support you. So uh, you've already mentioned where people can find you, but just to plug in one more time, and when you talk about how people can support you, uh, if you can try your best to also give our audience ways that they can support you that might not cost money. Yeah, okay. Um, You can find me again. Instagram is monetnyree, M-O-N-E-T-N-Y-R-E-E, or monetnyree.com. Um, ways that you can support me is by like, you can comment on whatever work you whatever you see that you feel in let me know what you think about it ask me questions about my work um you can barter with me so if you have something you offer and you need something from me we can always barter it you can stream my song i have a song on um, all platforms it's called iridescent and blue you can bump that share it um yeah those would be some organic ways if you have a concept you want to create just for fun you can reach out and maybe we can create something so yeah so make sure y'all tap in monetnyree.com. And I love, love, love the concept of being able to barter with you because the, we're all trying to eat out here and just ways that we can support each other that are impactful to helping you grow your product or what you're trying to do and also affirming just the work that you've done because I love like exchanging books with people like, hey, I have a book, you have a book, you're trying to exchange books, let me plug your Instagram page, like just ways that we can organically support people. And I think that was also one of the one of the motivating factors of starting a podcast because I was like, yeah, I can't support everybody the way that I would want to, but I can at least help amplify some of those stories. Uh, so definitely tap in with Monet. Uh, next up is Shameless Plug Corner. So any shameless plugs, things you have coming out, coming up, any shout outs you want to have on the podcast, as well as anything you want to manifest on the podcast. Um, great things are headed in my direction and your direction and whoever's listening direction. Boom. So that's something. And um, shout out to my partner, GJ the God. He will be on the podcast coming in next week. So I hope yep. you all enjoy that. Um, I, I hope he knows he's appreciated. Um, much love to my family. And yeah, tap in with me. I really am excited about my growth as an artist um, and an entrepreneur. Uh, and just like I feel like transitions are coming just like for everybody ain't nothing permanent but but change so i'm excited to just be on that journey amazing 
And then next up, takeaways from this episode. And when you give your takeaways, what are you taking away from this episode? As well as what do you hope listeners are taking away with them as they finish this episode? Um, I mean, I hope anybody listening recognizes, like, if you have, like, a fear of, like, coming and just speaking about yourself, like, to just the importance of just being, um, even if that means coming up nervous and speaking with your voice shaking, do it. Um, so that's one thing I want to share just because, not that I was nervous, but how easy it feels to speak. Mm. Um, I want to let folks know, usually things are easier once you start doing it or after the motivation comes after so that's something i want to say and um if you are a creator and you are just getting out the mud and maybe like things aren't looking up um i want to say like keep going um what is your redefining your definition of like why you do what you do um outside of like capitalism and like making money and um trying to maintain a certain like aesthetic or look or you know, just like revamping your why. Um, and lastly, um, yeah, have gratitude. Have gratitude and keep it pushing. Always strive to be better. <laughs> Always striving to be better. I think my takeaway from this episode is that we need to recognize how beautiful the collages we are in ourselves, in our own lives. Um, I think that we are all collages of everything that we've been through, everything we aspire to become. All those are parts of who make us who we are as people, uh, whether we see them as flaws, whether we see them as strengths, weaknesses, areas of improvement. I think that I want, I challenge our listeners and I'm challenging myself to just be able to affirm the collage part of you, like whatever makes you who you are, the things you love, the things you're still learning to love. Uh, the things that you've grown out of, the things that you've grown into, like it's just all a part of who we are and uh, to continue the collage analogy and just who you talk to when it comes to creating the collages, there's certain parts that you're going to have to decide whether you're going to glue down today or if you're going to wait to glue them down until you slip something else behind them. So uh, just making collaging more part of our daily lives. Or not. Okay. <laughs> hey. That, hey, that part. Sometimes you got to tear the stuff up for the collage. Sometimes you got to make a clean cut but it's all part of the bigger picture of the collage. And so, yeah, I, I just know I'm going to write some type of poem about collaging either today, tomorrow. It's going to be sometime this week. So if y'all see me perform a collage poem on Friday, uh, Noah came from this episode. Uh, but the second to last formal question before the surprise question of the podcast, uh, recommendations for any books, podcasts, movies, or songs, just anything that you want our listeners to tap in with whether it will give them more of an idea of who you are or your taste or just something that's like hey everybody needs to see this movie like whatever it might be as a recommendation um yeah things popped into my mind um as far as books go um octavia butler parable Thrower is a really cool science fiction book that is like uh i don't know very impactful to me as far as like um survival and uh that like science fiction aspect of things it's a really like deep, i don't want to say deep i don't want to be cliche like deep but it's like science fiction so there's that cool aspect within it's like reality where it's like all right there's some real shit happening in this book yeah and thought provoking for sure um afrofuturism so i like that book a lot um and then movies i don't know why oh i think it's because i seen this real of the truman show i think that's like a great movie because it kind of it is in this system that's kind of like intentional and very structured and um systematic 
So that that's like a movie I'll probably plug just because it randomly came to my head. Again, plugging things that are like flowing out. Um, and then music. I'm always uh, recommending people try to find artists around them. So a couple of artists I can name myself, DJ the God. Um, I know there is Nebula Wade, that's an artist from San Diego. Kofa is an artist from San Diego. Um, those are artists I know. Just a couple to name a few come into mind. So tap in with your local artists. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Brilliant suggestions. I actually just watched the Truman Show for the first time earlier this year and fantastic movie. Definitely, if y'all haven't seen the Truman Show before, tap in with that. And then Monet, the last question of the podcast, I do this with every parent that's on the podcast. Your daughter is listening to this podcast 10 years from now, maybe 15. I don't know how soon she's going to be tapping into podcasts. But what is your message for her as she gets to the tail end of her mom's episode? What message do you want to leave for your daughter? Mm, I love you. You hold power in the actions and choices that you make on a daily basis. Do not beat yourself up if you do not master this in a short period of time, as I am also still learning to master it myself. Um, and always know that you are loved. Love it. What a very wholesome way to close out the podcast. Uh, Monet, you've been very generous with your time and your story. So definitely want to thank you again uh, for coming on to the Banquet Hall. Listeners, thank you all for listening in. Uh, make sure y'all tap in with the podcast at Banquet Hall Pod on socials. Uh, head on over to thefourthkyler.com to check out another episode. If y'all came here just for Monet, make sure y'all stay for at least one or two other dope artists that are on this platform. Uh, as Monet mentioned, GJ is going to be on the pod for next week's episode. Uh, y'all can tap in with the Banquet Hall Pod merch. Uh, but of course, make sure y'all tap into Monet for all your graphic design needs, your photo needs. And I'll turn it over to you, Monet. Any last words to close us out before we close off the recording? Uh, sending y'all endurance. Even if things is tough, maintain momentum. Um, and yeah, maintain integrity. That's about yeah. it maintain integrity uh listeners hope you go out there and make you a beautiful collage out of the rest of your day and thank y'all for tuning into the banquet hall podcast we'll catch y'all next time thank you kyler have a great day y'all <laughs>